the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Little criticism for the President of the United States. I watched the, the interview with CBS and... Uh, the reporter wanted to know, hey, when you called Obama sick, what did you mean by it? You can take it any way you want it, said Donald Trump. So wait a minute, you're the president of the United States. How did you mean it? Tell me how you meant it. You said it. You tweeted it. How did you mean it? You can take it any way you want. Now, see, Trump's getting, getting the idea that everything that he says now can be used and will be used against him. So, um, look. If Obama was sick for monitoring sake, look, I think it's what I would have said to the reporter. It's patently obvious. I was referring to the the practice of surveilling uh, American citizens for politics sake as being sick. If it was as reported and it should be investigated, it's being investigated right now. But if it's if it is as reported and my team was being surveilled by the opposing political party, it's sick. So if Donald Trump's going to make these utterances, he's got to he's got to back them up. You know what did you mean by that? Well, you can and Trump said you can take it however you want. Is so wait a minute? You're the president. How did you mean it? We just had eight years of some guy lying to our face. We don't need somebody else evasive at the top. Slight criticism for the president of the United States. Uh, Stuart Varney was on Fox News today, folks. Don't worry, I'm going to get back to you. I haven't lost my place. We're going to get back to Ann Coulter here in a second and Robert Reich. Today is May Day, folks. This is where the communists and the socialists uh, jump out in the streets and celebrate. But Stuart Varney says that something's different this year. Oh, this is International Workers' Day. Yeah. This used to be the day when the socialists took the day off from work and paraded through the streets in favor of socialism. Right. It's still a big deal in Europe. Here, this May Day, I think the socialist theme has been hijacked by identity politics of the far left. You look at the banners that are going to be on display today at these, mm-hmm. at these protests, especially the big one in Washington, D.C. It's all about immigrant rights, Muslim rights, trans rights. It's identity politics. 
Marx supplanting socialism, which I guess is a good thing, but this is what's happening. No, 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 no. I, I, I am loathed to disagree with Stuart Varney because he's such a smart guy and a great guy. Look, all of the identity politics categories he brought up, gays, Muslims, illegals, he said immigrants, but they're, we're talking about illegals. Every one of those out there protesting today, they, they are protesting and utilizing those segments to advance socialism and communism, the left, the American left. All of this is being used as a mechanism to advance socialism and communism and, and the like. They're not supplanting anything. They're just disguising socialism and communism behind, quote-unquote, Muslims' rights or illegal aliens' rights or transgenders' quote-unquote rights. No transgenders' rights are being violated. What, what is wrong with people? And that's none of this has a basis in fact, folks, so you know all it is is a, is a way to advance liberalism, communism, socialism. All all kissing cousins in the ideological spectrum. All right, back to Ann Coulter and Robert Reich. The reason why this was significant and why it caught my attention, this debate on ABC News, is that you wouldn't see it at Berkeley, the alleged home of free speech. You're not going to see this at Berkeley because conservatism isn't welcome. Differing points of view with liberal orthodoxy isn't welcome. So Robert Reich, again, Clinton's labor secretary, tells ABC, left-wingers are wrong. There's, there is no such thing as a hate speech exemption. Well, we, we, we finally found something uh, after all these years where I agree with Ann Coulter. Uh, that is, there is no hate speech exemption for the First Amendment. Jonathan, to the extent that there is that view uh, at Berkeley or any place else, I am concerned because one of the purposes of a university education is to be provoked, uh, to examine what the evidence is. And if somebody says something that is offensive, uh, well, that is not per se, you know, a, a violation of any kind of university norm. Yeah, you know what? And, and, and to expand on that, you, there were a time, there was a time, and there were times in this country's history when saying, uh, blacks and whites marrying was offensive, but it was protected speech. Or Latinos and blacks marrying, or Latinos and whites marrying was offensive at one point. I find that offensive, but offensive speech was protected. And thank God it was, right? In fact, quite the opposite. I tell my students all the time the best way to learn something is to talk to people who disagree with you because that forces, uh, that forces you to sharpen your views and test your views. And you might even, uh, might even come out in a different place. A, a university of all places is the, is the, is the is locus where we want to have provocative views. We want to have views that some people find to be offensive. Completely concur. I, I, I cannot remember the last time I agreed with Robert Reich. And I, that's why another reason I, I found this. This is just really weird. I am in complete agreement with a Democrat, with a liberal on this issue. Now, Ann says, yeah, you know what? And, and, and to further this discussion, why, why are taxpayers' dollars subsidizing this intolerance? I've said it on the show before and I'll say it again. Not one more 
dime of my money, of my taxpayers' money, goes to Berkeley. Not one dime. I don't want to subsidize intolerance and the undermining of the Constitution of the United States, the free expression of thought. I don't want to, I don't want to fund that. I don't, why am I being asked to fund an unconstitutional practices? Should, do, do, do we, the American taxpayer, are we, are, should we be forced to fund unconstitutional activity? I think it's a fair question. And not one more dime to fund hatred and intolerance out there at, uh, at Berkeley. But I do want to agree with the professor um, on universities ought to be places where I am not the only conservative most students will hear in four years of college. And what this shows, this whole incident shows, again, it shows this radical insulated left on the college campuses and the entire left wing, including President Obama and Bill Maher on the other side, mm. and what useless institutions our universities are. The prices have gone up 3,000 um, percent since the 70s is the education better no it's worse the lefties are on the side of the thugs they've taken over the universities i don't think anyone learns anything at college anymore it's a four-year vacation and i think that's what people ought to be looking at because the taxpayers are supporting these universities not just university of california but with federal grants every university in america agreed agreed and i'm tired of it not only am i tired of funding my own political opposition but I'm, I'm tired of supporting these fascists. Now, that leads me to another ground-shaking event. And, and I shouldn't, it's, it's less so than being uh, in agreement with Robert Reich. Richard Dreyfus, who is the actor, Mr. Holland's opus and Jaws and all that, Richard Dreyfus came out in the past, and I was I was reminded of this as I saw him do something very similar. He came out and said that in America, the people in charge should who should be put in charge of how we handle firearms in this country is the NRA. They are the experts. He reasoned, and this man this is a man of the left, and he said the NRA is best equipped because they are trained. They make a lot of this stuff, and 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 they are the experts. Richard Dreyfus has that view. I completely agree with him. So he jumps on with Tucker and has the following discussion about freedom of speech being under attack at left-wing colleges all over this country. You were talking about the speakers on university campuses. Yeah. And I am totally, uh, incontrovertibly on your side about this. I think that well, any intrusion into the freedom of speech is an intrusion into freedom of speech. And when one of the presidents of one of the colleges said, this is, an, this is a school, not a battlefield, I said, no, it is a battlefield of ideas, and we must have dissident, dissenting opinions on, on campuses, and I think it's uh, political correctness taken to a nightmarish uh, point of view. Well, amen, and I agree with you, and maybe because we're both over 30, Unfortunately, most people under 30 don't seem to agree with us at all, and they believe in something called hate speech, which is somehow banned. And that's a key point. And this brings us right back around to where we started our conversation, doesn't it? With our left-wing extremist Zach Ruff, assistant principal, uh, fascist, shouting down students with whom he politically disagrees. That 
this Zach Ruff individual is a product of what's happening in the government-run schools. Listen to Richard Dreyfus. Uh, we're over 30. Civics has not been taught in the American public school system since 1970. And that means that everyone in Congress never studied the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, as you and I might have. There's a Salcedo Show axiom that goes something like this. There's a reason why left-wingers who have taken over the education system de-emphasize history. There's a reason why they de-emphasize the learning of the Constitution, your rights and your liberties under the Bill of Rights and in the, and the limits on government in the Constitution. There's a reason why they de-emphasize this. Folks, they're terribly afraid you're going to learn from it. I'll be back in a minute. Conservative talk. Sounds spicy! This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show. All right, welcome back, folks. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll have um, a conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on the status of what's going on, not only in North Korea, but uh, around the rest of the globe, the mess that President Trump inherited from President Obama. But I wanted to continue with Richard Dreyfus, And this interview left Tucker Carlson, left his jaw on the floor. And I got to admit, when I watched Richard Dreyfus, and this is a rather lengthy soundbite, but it's just too damn good not to play it for you guys. Because as Tucker Carlson expresses, he says, I, I fully expected to debate you here, Mr. Dreyfus, but I agree with everything you just said. And there's not, there's not a lot to disagree with here. By the way, breaking news just coming down. Um, Iowa deputy has been killed, shot by a suspect during a jailbreak. That's breaking news right now. Iowa deputy has been killed in a jailbreak. Uh, We'll get you more details if we get more in. Anyway, back to Dreyfus. And listen, I'll let him make that that previous point again, and then we'll move on. Uh, We're over 30. Civics has not been taught in the American public school system since 1970. And that means that everyone in Congress never studied the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, as you and I might have. Now, and it's not just Congress. It's also administrators inside of government-run schools. It's also an entire generation of people ignorant of the Constitution of the United States and the limits it places on government. And what's in place of a study of that has been put... Well, that's not fair, man. That's not fair. 
Well, you, you, if it's right, man, you should be able to do anything you want, man. Right? I mean, hate speech. Hate speech should be silenced, right, man? That's what's replaced it. And you get people of, of equal moral bankruptcy. Not only in Congress, but also in school administration, in local governments, in, dare I say, law enforcement. And I think this country is reaping the, well, benefits is not exactly the word I'm looking for. Um, we're, getting, we're getting hammered with the results of conservatives not engaging in the, in, in the education system. And this is a disastrous result. And that is a critical flaw because it's why we were admired and respected for so long. It gives us our national identity. It tells the world who we are and why we are who we are. And without a frame that gives us the values that stand behind the Bill of Rights, we're just floating in air and our sectors of society are not connected. Well, and that's, that's exactly why right. teaching civics, and I'm so glad you said that, because what's really important, Tucker, is that the assumptions of the left and the right are all skewed wrong. We have to find areas of agreement and areas that we share. And we do share the, the notion that education accomplishes certain things. We used to. Conservatives are still there, Mr. Drivis, but, but half of your side... The liberal, there's, there is a, and they're represented at Berkeley and they're represented at uh, this little town called Downing, Pennsylvania, at one of the high schools there by Zach Ruff. These individuals don't believe in those kinds of things. They believe in an approach to government of Fidel Castro. They believe in an approach to government of Hugo Chavez. They believe in an approach to government of the communist Chinese and of Vladimir Putin. Those individuals, again, they are the exclusive cancer of the left in this country. One, it turns students into citizens. That is, so, that, that is such a key point. That when you educate folks in the Constitution, you turn a student into a citizen. It's, that's so vitally important. With a love of country, with an understanding of what it is to be an American and how exceptional it is, how extraordinary that document, the Constitution of the United States, is. A government of, by, and for the people. How extraordinary is that? How unique that is in human history. But it's not taught anymore. Right. And two, it teaches students how to run the country before it's their turn to run the country. Amen. And three... It teaches the values of this nation. People come from all over the world or are born into this nation without the, the, the values that we have here. Exactly. It's part of the culture. And the culture must be preserved so that we can pass this legacy of freedom, liberty, and prosperity on to our children. It's elementary, and the conservative movement knows this. I, I would just beg to differ a little bit with Mr. Dreyfus when he tries to lay blame at the feet of both sides. The conservative movement knows this all too well, Mr. Dreyfus. It's what we fight for day in and day out. That's why they came here, to get them. And what are they? You can put them in opportunity, rise by merit, and mobility and freedom. See, rise by merit. That People on the left don't believe in that anymore, Mr. Dreyfus. 
People on the extreme left, they believe they're owed something paid for by somebody else, whether it be their contraception, whether it be their health care, whether it be their home, their car, their livelihood, their food. And that must be paid for by somebody else. That's a, that is an un-American concept. That's what we sell. And if you don't want that, you've chosen the wrong place. And you don't get a pass by being born here. You have to learn it. Even the Ten Commandments are not known at birth. You must learn them, and we must learn our values. And if we don't, we are fatally, fatally wounding ourselves. We will not have any way to really combat the ideas behind ISIS because we won't know our own. That is, it's, yes, it's not just ISIS. The Castro regime, communist China. There's a reason why we're Americans, why... And, and you know what? I'm sorry to say the conservative movement, the only side that carries this message forward. We spent the last eight years of Barack Obama telling us how poopy this country is. So, look, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, the, the full sound bites on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, folks, if you want to check it out on a, on a Blaze article. But man alive, he said a lot of good things. Uh, coming up next, we'll deal with some of the hot spots in international affairs with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Shaver on The Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Stick with us, folks. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. is on the blaze radio network you see that with the combining of military force when necessary with diplomatic and economic actions not i mean not not uh, regarding military force as separate from what we want to achieve politically and so i would say it's it's competing recognizing that we're in competitions where american vital interests are at stake and and advocating for the security of the american people and our interests that's uh, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster telling the Fox News Channel, Fox News Sunday, and Chris Wallace that once again, America's diplomacy is given teeth as the credible use of force is back on the table. He has some other crazy examples. After we talked to Colonel Schaefer, I might play them. One of them was sending our, uh, our helicopters into theater without mechanics to repair them. That was what Obama was up to. <laughs> Let's talk more about the current state of our very dangerous world uh, with retired Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, CIA-trained former senior intelligence officer and a New York Times best-selling author. His latest book, is the last line. He's a senior fellow with both the London Center for Policy Research and the Center for Advanced Defense Studies. Colonel, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Good to be on. Uh, North Korean uh, situation. Uh, you've got Kim Jong-un threatening to detonate another nuclear test. Uh, this, is, this is being dubbed by the administration as very provocative. We've got the Carl Vincent strike group at, in range right now of North Korea. Where do you see this whole situation unfolding? Well, I think that it's going in two directions, which I think uh, are still both good. I mean, despite the, it's like birth, uh, you know, it's very painful, but what comes out the other end is good. 
uh, look, we, we've, we've had a change of policy as stipulated by H.R. McMaster. The new policy is to include military uh, uh, force as a, as a component of, of national security and foreign policy. So that's, uh, that's a change from every other administration, especially regarding the North Koreans, uh, since about t- 1992. So, uh, you know, the, the Bush uh, 43 folks did it somewhat, but I, I, they never even dreamt of doing it against the North Koreans. I think it's on the table. Secondly, the, the Chinese themselves now, have come to recognize uh, what I think was hidden in plain sight. If North Korea fails, if, if anything happens, if there's a shooting war, the Chinese are going to suffer the most. Yeah, we'll get some, some water on us. They're going to hit, get hit by a storm. And if it's a shooting war, their economy tanks, that is to say both North Korea and China. And if, if the country fails, all the refugees go to China. They don't go to South Korea. So I think this is where the Chinese themselves have recognized that their interest is aligned with our interest regarding reining in a very vicious, uh, very out of control North Korea, and so I, I do believe that the the, uh, the benefit uh, of Mr. Trump standing up to the North Koreans is the fact that I think our our overall policy in the Pacific will be uh, strengthened, and uh, our allies uh, have long felt that we need to be doing more, and at this point we are. Yeah, uh, I I have a severe distrust, as you know, of communists. I don't I don't trust them. I don't trust their word. And it's the same thing with the Chinese that they they will operate in their own best interests, not in ours. And uh, they they will actually often operate against our best interests. Charles Krauthammer wrote the Fox News Channel has a has an idea, and it's one that I actually support of rearming Seoul with U.S. based short range short range. Uh, tactical nuclear weapons, and also allowing Tokyo to arm with U.S. uh, short-range tactical nukes as a mechanism to get, because the consensus is China isn't doing enough. They're just, a lot of it is wallpaper, and they're just trying to get past this, this crisis, but they need to act as the responsible patron of that region, and the only thing to prompt them to do that, Krauthammer, uh, rationalizes is to, is to put nukes as a deterrent in both Tokyo and in Seoul. What do you think? Well, I don't know when he said that. I said something similar on uh, fr- uh, Saturday with Neil Cabuto. Well, Neil and I were talking about this on Saturday, where uh, I don't agree about South Korea. I think uh, you get you get nuclear weapons in that situation. I think there's a chance, especially if there's a rapid advance, you may not have the chance to, to, to get them to use them. So I, I don't believe necessarily in South Korea. However, I do agree with Japan for two reasons. First, uh, the, the Japanese uh, essentially have the capability to become nuclear with or without us. They, they, they have reactors. The, I think they've quietly been able to establish a path to a nuclear weapon if they so chose because of the lack of clarity by Barack Obama and others. And frankly, the other, the other thing, you're, you're playing the Japanese card against the Chinese. The Chinese, just the, the mention of, of nuclear and Japan in the same sentence <laughs> chills of fear through the Chinese. Yeah. So you are literally getting a twofer if you talk about arming Japan. And, and again, Chris, uh, President Trump's the kind of guy who will put that on the table because he will. Uh, other presidents would never consider that because, oh my goodness, this this could really upset people. Well, it should. And frankly, it's in, in our best interest to use that as a potential leverage against the Chinese. So I think he's right about Japan. I'm not quite, I, I don't agree on, on, uh, on, on South Korea. All right, retired Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, CIA-trained former senior intelligence officer, is our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Let's, let's pivot to Iran, if we can. Uh, sure. the, the Iran nuke deal, We just uh, there was a, a, a great article that appeared in Politico last week talking about, you know, you and I knew this deal was bad. We knew that it was Obama looking for ways to, 
to funnel uh, billions of American taxpayer dollars to the number one state sponsor of terror and to pave a way for them to have nukes at the end of 10 years. We all knew that. But all of the other things that they gave away are now coming to light right now, Colonel, that uh, about really bad actors who, who were taken off, who, who we were pursuing, and now we're no longer pursuing. Uh, these people have blood on their hands of our allies, not directly American blood, but they're, they're bad folks. And now we're just starting to get word of just how much of the store that Obama gave away on this deal. Yeah, two, two points. First, I, I advise one of um, Donald Trump's advisors going in that they should have should treat the entire uh, Obama White House as a crime scene because you would come across all these evidence of wrongdoing. And, of course, I wasn't listened to, which I think was a huge mistake. But this is another example of where they should have come in with a, a greater deal of clarity to go after the Obama administration for the very things you're talking about. And I think there's uh, additional criminal acts out there to be talked about. Uh, secondly, uh, along the same line of thinking, look, the same people who gave you the South Korean uh, nuclear deal back in 94, uh, which, you know, supposedly in 94 we came to an agreement to, to prevent the North Koreans from obtaining a nuclear weapon. Well, look how well that's worked out. The same <laughs> basic people who did that were involved in the Iran nuclear deal negotiations. I mean, sometimes down to the same name, the same individual. So this is how bad it is. Uh, so, Chris, you tell me, do you really believe that the people who negotiated the 94 nuclear deal with the North Koreans have any different interests or capabilities in what they did for the for the Iran deal uh, a couple of years ago? Yeah. It's completely insane to think that these people are thinking any differently. So I have zero confidence that anything is going to be done within the current deal to stop the Iranians from getting the weapon. And frankly, we know for a fact that some of the money that we, we gave them via this deal has, been, has gone to the North Koreans to help uh, – do research and development within the Korean nuclear program. So th there's nothing good here, and it's all related. So, uh, again, I, I know that uh, Trump, Mr. Trump has said that uh, they're going to stick, stick with the deal for now. Uh, I would seriously think about walking away. And, and, Chris, as you know, it's not even a treaty. It's, it's, it's a basic uh, executive agree agreement between the two nations, which, uh, because of some mistakes by uh, one of the senators in this, uh, in, in, on the Republican side, uh, it prevented us from becoming a reviewed for a treaty. So I think uh, yeah. I think uh, President Trump should go back and look at it and say, look, uh, we need to make this a treaty. We're going to go back and renegotiate. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, and as we said, the problem with that about leaving it now is that we, uh, Obama made sure that his friends over in the Ayatollah got all their goodies up front. Right. And, 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 that, right. and that's the problem. And getting sanctions put back in is going to be tough because we have our European allies doing business with Iran. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about, because this is something you left the military. I mean, uh, General Michael Flynn is in, is in trouble right now by, by all estimations about, about what he did and what he accepted uh, money from from Russia and all this kind of stuff. And, and it all centers around getting permission to do these kinds of things, which it looks like he didn't do. Can you give us some insight on what you have to do as a, a former military guy to, to get these types of permissions? Well, apparently something called the Emoluments Act, which restricts a, an officer after retirement from accepting for, uh, a, a payments from a foreign source. It's not that you can't necessarily do it. It's just that you have to have a certain amount. You have to have permission to do it. You have to have clearance. And that's where it seems to have broken down at this point. Uh, I, I don't know all the details of what happened with Mike. And, and look, I, I consider Mike a friend, and I, I like Mike a lot. I, I just think that, that, that some of this uh, may have been overblown. And, and let me be clear on this by the fact that uh, Mike did, I know for a fact, brief the Pentagon, and to include DIA, before he went and after he went. 
to, to Russia. And uh, the disclosure of that fact that who paid for the trip, I believe, was was made right up front. The question becomes, was it was it sufficient? And that's what people seem to not understand or know at this point. Was it a sufficient level of notification? So, and, and you know, and, and full disclosure, he was part of our think tank and, and still is London Center for Policy Research. He was one of our senior fellows. So gotcha. he then uh, he then also disclosed to us that he was going, uh, the nature of what he was going to do, and what he did. So, right, uh, I, I think there may be some overblown. Uh, issues by the fact it's all been politicized. So we'll have to see. I, I, I respect uh, Jason Chapin's too. I know Jason's uh, looking gotcha. into it. I know Congressman Chapin. So we'll see what happens. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, everybody. CIA trained. His book is The Last Line. Thank you, sir, for your time. Always here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Up against the clock, folks. Be right back on The Blaze. Hell, storms are coming. It's not just a show. It's a force of nature. Hashtag Salcedo Storm. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. He also has devolved responsibility down to where it belongs. The the White House is no longer deploying three helicopters somewhere or have a a very strict cap on forces so that you deploy helicopters, but don't send the mechanics with them. For (laughs) Can you believe this is what's happening in President Obama's occupation of the Oval Office? President President Obama would say, let me be clear, I'm going to send three helicopters. I'm doing something just so he could get a write-up. The helicopters would show up in theater. They would do a limited operation, but when they needed maintenance, they didn't pack the mechanics. So they had to bring them home. This is how President Obama and his leftists conducted business inside of the Oval Office when he was there. This is H.R. McMaster talking with Fox News Sunday. He also has devolved responsibility down to where it belongs. The the White House is no longer deploying three helicopters somewhere or have a a very strict cap on forces so that you deploy helicopters but don't send the mechanics with them, for example. (laughs) Or will you contract guards to guard U.S. infantrymen? So he, he is doing things that have made our policy execution much more sensible. Let the commanders in the field determine what they need? Yes, with civilian oversight, with policy direction, and with the president ensuring that we're combining what we're doing militarily to what we want to achieve politically in our diplomatic and our economic efforts, all interconnected. Well, that sounds like a, that sounds reasonable to me. That's, that's what President Obama should have been doing the entire time. No, everybody knew that uh, diplomacy wasn't going to work in the era of Obama because he had no leverage because he took the military option off the table immediately. And any military action he took, he had to be dragged kicking and screaming because the situation was going to deteriorate so fast it would have blown back on him and would have revealed how much of a, a panty waste he really was. Uh, there's also this thing that's developed, folks, that Washington, D.C. has just, when, whenever there's talk of somebody else buying stuff except for the American taxpayer, you know, the D.C. bubble just goes crazy. And 
We deployed the THAAD missile system into South Korea, into our allies as part of our agreement. We're beefing up our national security there because the guy that the uh, Senator uh, McCain called a crazy fat kid is going a little nuts right now. So Chris Wallace over at Fox News Sunday, a little concerned. President Trump said this week that South Korea should pay for the missile defense system that we have installed there, the THAAD system, $1 billion. There is a report today that you called your South Korean counterpart and said, no, we're, the old agreement was that we, the United States, pay that billion dollars and we're going to stick by that. Is that true? Well, the, the last thing I would ever do is contradict the president of the United States, you know, but uh, and that's not what, what, what it was. In fact, uh, what I told our South Korean counterpart is until any renegotiation, that the deal's in place. We'll adhere to our word. But what the president has asked us to do is to look across all of our alliances and, and to have appropriate burden sharing, responsibility sharing. Yeah, and this seems to be rather elementary to me. Uh, our economy has suffered because we just came off of eight years of resident Obama. Where we, we never had a one quarter of 3% a GDP, never one year, certainly, of, of 3% GDP growth. First occupier, the Oval Office ever to do that. And then you've got all of these commitments that were entered into when our country was in better shape. So we're, we're trying to upkeep our commitments, but Donald Trump says, look, we can't. We can't be footing the bill. You, if we're going to defend you, you need to pony up something to defend yourself. And a lot of these countries, we know NATO is is coming through, and I'm sure that South Korea is going to see the wisdom in making sure that some sort of financial kickback is given to the United States for our continued uh, support and and defense. Because... Check this out, folks. Let me give you the last three years of spending. 2015, courtesy of Republicans and Democrats, $3.8 trillion annual budget. 2016, $3.85 trillion. 2017, projected $4.15 trillion. Increase after increase after increase. We're getting poorer as citizens, and this government's never taken more money out of our paychecks than ever in American history, and they still overspend. And that leads us into tomorrow's discussion about this travesty of a budget deal uh, from the Republicans. I don't have time to say my traditional goodbye, so right now, folks, I'll just say adieu. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network.